0: This is the Friday, March 17th, 2023 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. Excitement over Chinese buying was mixed with concerns over the economy and the banking system, which dominated trading decisions in the commodity markets. For the week, the nearby wheat contract jumped 31 cents, while the May corn contract gained 17 cents soybean oil led the charge downward as farmers in Brazil passed the halfway point in harvesting their record crop the may soybean contract was off 31 cents while the main meal contract lost 1990 per ton may cotton shed 35 cents per hundredweight and over in the dairy parlor April class 3 milk futures added 138. The livestock market was down as April cattle cut 195, April feeders falling $3, and the April lean hog contract dropped $7.57. In the currency market, the U.S. dollar index lost 74 ticks. April crude oil declined $10.20 per barrel. That's a 13% drop. COMEX Gold went higher by 120.60 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index fell nearly 35 points to settle at 538.05. And joining us now is regular market analyst Arlen Suderman. Hi, Arlen. Thanks for being with us today. Good to be with you. Okay, so we talked about this a little earlier in Mm -hmm. the show, just the impact of those bank collapses on the economy. How much did that play in the role of what happened this week?
1: Well, you saw the commodity index that you mentioned did go down because of fear on Wall Street. They liquidated positions, uh, some cases to pay their, their fees or the losses, cover their losses in some of the other markets. So they liquidated some ownership in the other commodities. Grain and oilseed prices actually fared pretty well overall, soybeans a little bit worse. But from agriculture standpoint, farmers are going to have more fees on their accounts. They need to make sure their accounts are divvied up so that they're covered to FDIC insurance. Uh, This past week, FDIC has covered all the accounts, so that means more fees coming. But interest rates are going to be the big thing where they're going to see it. What does the FDIC do in this coming week with their, not the FDIC, the Federal Reserve this coming week? Will they slow the pace of rate hikes in order to take pressure off the banks? Or will they stay the course? Will they go up 50 basis points, which the inflation data suggests maybe they should do? And if they pull back now, they may have to go higher with interest rates later on. So farmers who have operation loans are going to be very vulnerable, depending on what the Fed does and what they're required to do to try to calm the waters here.
0: They've got a fine line then to walk. They really eh? do. Okay, so turning to wheat futures, are Mm -hmm. trading this past week um, traded turned a little lower. Why?
1: Well, wheat has been in a downtrend now for quite some time. Um, One thing about the wheat market, unlike soybeans where virtually every bushel that's produced in the world is traded on the derivatives market at some point before it's consumed. Wheat, just a fraction of it is. Most of it is traded on the cash market. So the funds have really wanted to be short wheat. They've been assuming that Ukraine will get an extension of the grain initiative allowing it to continue to export. They're still assuming. That's going to be the case. And so we've been trending down. We've come up the last few days. We've seen a little bit of a bounce back. And I think the focus is starting to come back to putting a little bit more risk premium into the market uh, going forward because of the increased tensions in the Black Sea region and because of the drought that we have in the U.S. Southern Plains. It's slow to find relief. And because with El Nino coming on, Australia is expected to have a short crop this year as well.
0: Okay. Well, let's move on to corn and social media for our next question. And this is Gary. He's asking, did China's purchase of corn show that the market could be bottoming because the Safrina corn crop is getting so late?
1: (laughs) Very much so. Very well could be. Of course, I've been wrong now for the last several weeks on corn. I didn't expect it to break the way it did. But now that it has, it broke about 75 cents and China has seen the opportunity there. It's looking at the safrinha Corn crop going in very late, especially in Mato Grosso do Sul and Paraná and some of the surrounding districts of Brazil, which doesn't guarantee a short crop this year, but it really does substantially increase the risk. Argentina's crop is getting much smaller. It's down about 40% from a normal crop. Ukraine is going to have trouble producing a crop this year. And I think China's starting to get nervous, and so they're making sure they have s- supplies on hand. Um, in case those things just don't play out. They're They're managing their risk exposure. And I think that's gonna come around and support the corn market as long as the outside markets can stabilize.
0: With that said, will China be buying more corn?
1: I do think they will. I think they'll buy more than what USDA said. I felt that for the past several months that they will end up doing that. Even if they end up not needing it, they need to rebuild their reserves. And so I do think that they will be buying more. And right now the US is the cheapest corn on the market.
0: Okay, well, turning to soybeans, the soybean story, and you mentioned this in Argentina is bad. Some calling it a disaster there. Um, What is that going to do to the markets?
1: Every time Argentina has a drought we see soy meal prices rise because Argentina is the world's largest exporter of soy meal and soy oil. And the assumption is that that will drive demand to the United States for soy meal. We're just not seeing that. One of the reasons is Brazil has a massive soybean crop. And so they'll be able to ship uh, soybeans south to Argentina and they'll be able to divert some of their own soybean crushing to the world market as well. Currency exchange rates will give them advantage. So it's really unclear how much they'll really increase demand for U.S. soy meal. And I think the funds, which built record ownership of meal, are starting to figure that out now. We've been warning for several weeks, be careful, this market could collapse. And it looks like that's what's starting to happen.
0: Okay, there's some reports again about ASF, African swine fever, showing up again in uh, in China. Is this enough to impact the markets or do we need to know a little more?
1: It is. We don't have any official reports. There's an industry survey survey. survey that went out that suggests that we've already seen enough incidents of African swine fever this year more than what we had all of last year. And some hog farms say they've reduced their breeding herds by 20 to 30% and may go to 50%. But yet others are saying, no, we're not seeing any problems. So there's a diversity of information we're getting out of China. We have people on the ground there. And our people on the ground are saying one thing to watch is piglet prices are up about 13% over the last five to six weeks that suggests a shortage of piglets, meaning there's some deaths that are happening. And if that's true, that means a disease is there and we'll probably have a reduction in feed demand for corn and for soy meal as we get through the summer months.
0: Okay. Well, let's turn to cattle. So this red hot hot market uh, died down just a little bit this week. So is this... A, are we in correction mode? I guess that's what what I've heard and read a little bit about.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way to say it. Um, the fundamentals are still there. We got a cattle on feed report at the end of the week to indicate pretty much as expected that placements, et cetera, are, and non feed numbers are down roughly 5% or so. And we're gonna continue to see that really for the next couple of years. It's gonna take a couple of years to rebuild production. We first have to get the weather totally turned around. and the next step is we hold back heifers, that. Type the supply even more so beef supplies are going to be tight the question is what will the consumer pay and that goes back to the economy and to the banking story and consumer confidence consumer confidence pulled back this month a little bit that raises fears the consumer won't pay what they need to for the beef in order to rebuild those herds so that's why we have a little bit of volatility now
0: OK, that was going to be my next question. We're headed into the big grilling season, right? This is when people start buying a little more beef. So what kind of impact will consumer demand have on the market? Is that a big Big chunk?
1: It it really is. And we've been rather cold this month. We've had a resurgence of cold coming in this next week. There's going to be another big shot of cold air coming in across many of our country's urban centers. That's going to reduce barbecuing and delay the beginning of barbecue season. And that's a big part of our beef demand and even our pork demand as well. So we need to warm things up. Looks like we're going to be able to start doing that as we get in the month of April, get barbecue season going. That will help strengthen demand again.
0: Feeders were lower this week, Mm -hmm. why?
1: Uh, Really, that's a place where we've seen the most impact of this banking story, lack of confidence in the economy. So the protein sector, cattle and hogs have both really been hurt by that over the past week and feeders is one of them. If there's uncertainty about the demand for the fat cattle, then that makes a reluctance to buy the feeder cattle to feed.
0: Okay. Let's end with pork. So we talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, the African swine fever story, is that enough to impact the hog market?
1: We've seen some resurgence of demand to China. So this may be some indication. And we really saw exports to China drop off last year sharply. We're seeing some of that come back. So that gives us some hope for the hog industry because our supplies ended up bigger than what we anticipated. The slaughter numbers have been higher than what USDA's quarterly hogs and pigs report in December would suggest. We'll get an update of that report here before the end of the month, see if USDA raises their numbers. But this does give us some hope that we'll see more uh, more pork going to China.
0: Okay should farmers be locking in their fuel prices right now? I
1: I would say when you look at all these commodities, what is the risk, more risk of going higher or lower? And from a fuel standpoint, we could go either way in this current environment of uncertainty, but we're getting prices low enough now that we're starting to see greater risk of something driving it higher than lower. So as you look at your summertime needs, your spring planting needs and going into the summer, I would start scaling in some things and taking a look at managing that risk exposure. And even as you start pricing your crops, mm-hmm. look at the, all the inputs, yeah. the fertilizer, the fuel, okay. look at, focus on margins. I
0: Wish we could talk more, but we're running out of time. Thank you. Arlen, so much for being here this week and uh, giving us your your opinions and expertise on all of this. We are going to pause this analysis and continue our discussion about these markets in our Market Plus segment. We can chat a little more there. You can find both segments on our website of markettomarket.org. And both of these resources are free. We also post our video content to YouTube, which includes the show, the Market Plus, and our stories along with the M2M show podcast. Subscribe to the feed market to market. Next week we look at a Minnesota group putting pets under the spotlight in the war against antibiotic resistance.